people of the world. This is the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Tune in each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, as we give voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. You can also get more of us by watching The Brothers Talk Show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Welcome again into the home of The Brothers talk podcast family we're always glad that you come to join us and if always if you're new to the conversation thanks for listening we hope that you'll continue to spread the message and shout outs to the listeners that we have around the world in africa europe russia croatia india japan and thailand uh remember also if you're on facebook the discussions continue there we've got groups the brothers talk relaunching black wall street nationwide Hashtag Black Dollars Matter and Black Parent University with over 4,000 members. And if you want to see us, what we do in long form, you can tune into the Brothers Talk Show each Saturday and Sunday night on the M24 News streaming service. We continue to talk about this coronavirus that's raging all around the world, but particularly is surging here in the United States. And of particular concern to us is the fact that. You've got too many people in the hospitals now who are unvaccinated and suffering with coronavirus, so much so that they have maxed out the intensive care beds. And this is an unacceptable perspective for us because you've got then people who've done what they should do in getting the vaccine. And if they have any medical emergencies, they are now frozen out of intensive care beds by these folks who chose not to do the right thing. And so we are of the opinion that if you choose not to do the right thing by the science that you now want to use when you get sick, that you shouldn't be able to take up the necessary resources from those who did do the right thing. So as my solution continues to be, if you go and haven't been vaccinated, you get a bottle of bleach and some hydroxychloroquine and good luck wishes because you should not be able to take advantage of the process and keep people who really have serious issues when they are trying to do everything they can for their health. But that's my opinion. But let's also hear from my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Hey, family. We appreciate your continued support. And like Rod said, you got to take this virus serious. Uh, what's going on out there now? It's just it's, it's preventable. I don't want to hear another black person say that the reason that they're not getting vaccinated is because they don't know what's in the vaccine. Well, you don't know what's in any vaccine. And if they told you what was in this vaccine, would it matter? Would you understand what it's supposed to be doing? Well, what we need you to do is go out there and get vaccinated so you can protect yourself and more importantly, protect your loved ones and other people you come in contact with. Norm? Thanks, Scott. And I'm, I got to say it, folks, I'm really tired and exhausted in regards to having this dis discussion about the vaccine. We are dying. 
period. Case closed. We're dying as a people here. And we have a group of idiots who are concerned about what's in the vaccine. You should be worried about living and dying and saving our community. But for some reason, that's not the issue. So this week, we're going back to some familiar topics. But in particular, we have been sharing how there is a tendency on the part of the white majority, particularly those who want to consider themselves liberals, those who want to consider themselves allies, who whenever there are solutions that are raised by those of us who are people with color for people with color, there is this sense that when we start to tell them that we need space to develop our own solutions, that they feel that we're incapable of that. So they have to actually come into the mix and thereby try to take it over, which ultimately seems to make it more about their issues than about our issues. We see it way too frequently, whether it is in politics or in corporate America or in any situation where we try to explain that there is a dichotomy, there is a difference in how we view things and what we experience. And yet we have these white individuals who believe that there is a need for them to tell us how we should feel, how we should think, and thereby undermine and dilute what is our own experiences. And so this is problematic on a number of fronts. But what is even more disturbing is when we get people with color who decide to give them cover as though there is a need to have their perspective drawn into the mix. And so we have to fight this ongoing battle on two fronts, not only in educating the white liberals in recognizing that we don't really need their paternalism in trying to tell us how to feel, how to think, and what we've experienced, but then we need to move our own Black folks out of the way, other folks with color who want to basically say that, no, we really do need them in the mix to help tell us how we should feel and how we should think. You know, Rod, uh, that's, this whole situation is a, is a problem in so many fronts, and it's been going on like forever. Because I don't think that, like you said, the white liberals, they don't quite get it. You know, they hear you. They hear you when you say what you do, when you, when you describe the situation, when they, they feel like really like they have this uh, parental instincts that they know best for black people than black people. You know, there was a situation where I was uh, started work at a department of education and they were, it was an intake situation and I was in this meeting and uh, they had people on stage who were policy makers. They were talking about what their roles were and they were all policy makers. And so, you know, we were asked some questions and I raised my hand and I said, you know, uh, I, I have some issues with, you know, the makeup of this this group. And they were like, why? And I was like, well, there's nobody up there who looks like me. There's nobody up there who I don't think who ever lived in one of these districts, these underserved districts in these school districts where, where black kids are failing. There's nobody who, who ever lived there. Their kids don't go there. They don't know nobody that go there. They never worked there. But yet you're making policy for these communities, for these school systems, and you think it's okay. 
And that's a prime example of exactly what we're talking about, uh, where you have people making decisions and making policies for community school systems and districts where they have no connection, but yet they think that they know best. And it's just not the school system. It's almost anything that that when you talk about black people, when we're trying to make decisions that's going to better benefit us in our community, they think that they should participate. They should have a seat at the table. And we don't think the way that they think. We don't have prior, our priorities are different. And they don't care. It's like we know best. It's not that... They, you know, it's it's really the fact that this is racism, basically. Let's just say what it is. <laughs> they believe that they know what's best for us more so than we do. They believe that they know more than us when they've studied nothing about us. That's what it is. And to, to go on what Rod said for a moment, you know, we have these Negroes in our community, as, as Malcolm pointed out clearly, that really are more worried about being accepted by these white liberals and conservatives, what have you, then they are about doing what's right for our people. And that's the problem that I have with many of them. And I tend to actually have to go at them harder than I go at the white liberals. But each of them deserve a little something. Yeah. And so to tell you how deeply ingrained this is, Scott, so you gave an anecdote from your experience. And so I want to share one as well that, you know, I worked for a while for one of the major human resources, talent management firms worldwide. And I was a part of their diversity council. And as a part of the diversity council, we set up employment resource groups. And one of them was an African-American or black employee resource group. And so we had whites there who wanted to make a case for why they should be a part of the black employee resource group. <laughs> and I had to argue them down that we needed this space where we just did not need them in the mix because it would impede our ability to share some of our concerns and frustrations. And not only just from the fact that, you know, there'd be people who would be unwilling to share, but because of the fact that we know that if they are in the mix, they are then going to start trying to tell us what we should do, what the solution should be, which is exactly the opposite of what you want to have a black employee resource group for. But as I said, this is at a human resources firm. So if it's as ingrained in that kind of environment, what hope is there for the more secular environments like politics and corporations? Really, it's across all spectrums that we're dealing with this. Uh, you see it sometimes. Uh, you'll see situations. I even have situations where, where, you know, we're being introduced, I'm in a meeting or whatever, and somebody decides that they're going to describe what I do or who I am for me. And you got to stop them and say, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. I, I can do that. I got that. You know, oh, well, you know, trust me, he does. No, no, no. Chester can communicate what he does. He doesn't need anybody else. And and you see that. I see that. I've seen it before. I see it all the time. And for some reason, they just don't get it. They just think that they know what's best for black people. And that's part of the problem in that uh, other, some black folks kind of give them that space, allow them to have that space. And that's why we keep dealing with this. 
Rod, I remember that we were in a discussion group. I sat in your discussion group on race. And I remember that the whites, basically, in order to come sit down, literally had to have some rules in place to protect themselves from being directly challenged. But I also remember you had a few African-Americans in that group who openly defended the racism and white America. That was shocking to the point where I couldn't even speak. But I wish you'd give us a few thoughts on that group. Well, one of the key things that we had to do was to ensure up front that the whites knew that in these race discussions, that these were not opportunities for them to sit back and expect to hear Black people put their experiences with racism on display because the real need, as we defined it, was for whites to acknowledge their complicity in racism, not so much that they were practicing it, but that they needed to understand how it was impacting them both negatively and positively. And one of the things that comes up is that they're usually these allies in particular will say that they understand how they benefit from it, but they also don't see the other side of it as to how it impacts them negatively in terms of them not having a richer and more diverse experience and how because of simple things, like if you don't actively go out and fight against racism, then it actually hurts your bottom line because whatever company you're working for, if you're cutting off access to Blacks and other people with color from participating fully in the economic health of the country, then your businesses aren't performing to their optimal as well. So there are those kinds of pieces of the discussion that often get overlooked. But what we had to do was, just as you said, Norm, we had to help some of our our Black brethren and sisters understand that, no, this is not about your parading your experience with racism so that white folks can feel guilty, but it's about having white people start to acknowledge something that they have not done, which is that racism is something that impacts them negatively as well. I mean, exactly. And, I, and I, the thing is, I still don't think that they get it because they're so defensive and they don't think that, hey, I'm not a racist. You know, even though my ancestors might have been racist, I'm not a racist. I didn't do anything. I didn't do any of those things. They don't understand that you benefited from it, that you benefited from slavery. You, you benefited from everything that Black folks did in the past, you being white because of your whiteness, you benefited from that. And they don't want to admit that. They don't want to acknowledge that. They don't even want to talk about it. And, and so everything that you just said, even though it's true, uh, Rod, but the simple fact that they don't want to acknowledge the fact that they benefited from their whiteness and from racism is it, the problem. It's going to continue to be a problem. I have discussions with these same white people today while schools are just as segregated as they were 60 years ago and black Americans are still living separate and unequal. Why black Americans are still fighting for voting rights as we did 60 years ago. I have the same discussions and they don't seem to understand that they're complicit in this. They don't seem to have an understanding that this is them. You know, we're not talking about history and what happened before they got here or when their first ancestors got here. But we're talking about today. 
Well, one of the things that has to happen, too, is that there need to be more Black people who are less concerned about the feelings of white folk or more willing to take up the cause of having them to understand exactly not only how insidious racism is, but the negative impacts that it has whenever their own Blackness is not truly acknowledged and recognized. We still have too much of that enslavement mentality that says that you have to try to enlist the white folks in this cause. And I'm not denying, I would never deny that Black, that white folks aren't ultimately responsible for the solutions, but they can only be responsible for the solutions if they understand exactly how their participation in it, be it overtly or covertly, is really the root of the problem. And so the Black people and people with color who think that somehow they're going to convince these other folks to come on board when they are unwilling to acknowledge their role in racism is just a farce. Like, you know, there are those folks, as we said, we call them now uh, combatants. We want them to be racism combatants. We want to see them taking the lead. But even for them, they need to understand that their perspective is being colored by their whiteness. And that until they can actually appreciate the fact that they don't have the ability to know exactly how we feel and that they need to not only hear it from us, but they need to take some direction from us, then they're still going to be those folks who can do more damage than do, than do good. Yeah, Rod, uh, uh, excellent point in terms of you got these people here, uh, and like I said, too, they just are not going to acknowledge that. Because if you acknowledge that, if they acknowledge it, if they even acknowledge that, yeah, uh, I benefited a little bit. That means that, you know, they did something wrong, their ancestors did something wrong, and in their opinion, they're never wrong. You know, the rules are set up for them. Everything in this country is set up for them to be successful, and they don't see it like that. They just see it as Hey, we're better. I'm smarter. You know, all of those things. They don't. They don't even. They don't even look at the fact that, you know, the way the system is set up, it's set up to hold black people back. It's set up to hold minorities back, but in particular, black people. They don't even see it that way. Uh, when you, when they do some of the polls, and they talk about racism, you have a very high uh, percentage of white folks. I'm talking about something like in the high seventies who thinks that racism doesn't exist in this country and that most of the situations that black folks find themselves in is because of something that they did. And you have a high percentage of black people, something like 40% or 40-something percent of black people who feel the same way. Uh, so uh, why have people been brainwashed or, or refusing to do any kind of research or critical thinking? Any kind of critical thinking will let you know that, hey, What's going on in this country is racism against black people. That's that's what the bottom line, that's what's going on. Well, whites in this country see the system working as it should work. 
in their favor. So naturally, they're not going to basically believe that there's anything wrong with this system. And they really have no reason to address it because we have those Negroes who feel that it's our problem and we should try harder. And what I have found is you see a lot of people, especially more of the conservative Negroes, talking about making it in this country as the status of why we are here. And I look at them and I'm like, well, we've made it during slavery. We made it during Jim Crow. And we're making it today despite the racism. But those aren't reasons we shouldn't be fighting those that oppression. You know, and they really don't get that. And that's the group in our communities that we really have to deal with. Yeah, you definitely couldn't have said it more precisely. That's why, you know, even from like the media standpoint, we need to have some real stories about Black success against real opposition and hurdles and odds. Yet what we get is the Rudy's and the Hoosiers in the field of dreams that show <laughs> these white people succeeding against imaginary odds that they make up right. so that they can actually promote the idea that there is this overcoming of these obstacles which don't exist. Because if you can't make it as a white person in this country, then basically you really should just probably just go off in a cave somewhere because everything is set up for white success. And so we have to not let that kind of thing continue to be a part of our appreciation for their so-called struggle. So that's it for another edition. Now to our Black professional business experience of the week, we're urging Black businesses and the Black community to do what we can to support the relief efforts in Haiti. Haiti has been struck again by an even stronger earthquake than the one that killed hundreds of thousands of people uh, a little over 10 years ago. And right on the heels of this earthquake, they were hit by tropical storms. And it is amazing the lack of real coverage that this terrible disaster has been getting. And as someone said, if it were France or or Germany, or even some of the Asian nations, how much more coverage it would be getting. So we're urging and encouraging Black businesses and the Black community to do what we need to do to support these relief efforts for our brothers and sisters in Haiti. We can argue about the politics of it later, but right now we need to address the humanity and the needs of our brothers and sisters. So thanks again to all of the Brothers Talk family. Remember to check out the hour-long Brothers Talk show airing Saturday and Sunday on the TV streaming service M24 News. And remember, if you have an idea for a show, want to share your thoughts, let us know. You can follow us at the Brothers Talk on Twitter, the Brothers Talk on Instagram. You can like our Facebook page. And a quick reminder that if you want to share more of your thoughts, you can go to our Brothers Talk group on Facebook or hit us up at the email account, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. So that's it for another week. God bless you all. Thank you for your time and your support. And remember, you always have our absolute commitment that we'll never take it or you for granted. So remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.